It's about a year and a half ago. Dee and I were in Denver with our grandkids, Colt and Callie. And they were about 12 and 11 at the time. We'd gone out to see my aunt and uncle with them. And we had one day to get into the mountains. And that was going to be a short trip up into the Rockies. So Callie got on the internet the night before just to see where we might go. They want to take a hike. And so she found this Bear Creek Trail. And we saw it and everything on the internet. It looked like a great hike. So we said, we'll do that. We'll go up into the mountains and take a hike. So the next morning, we jumped in the car, and I plugged it into my Google Maps. And the lady with the nice voice started telling me where to go. Dee's always been a little suspect of her for some reason, you know. And she thinks she knows better. And Well, sometimes she does. But So we headed out of Denver and come out. And there's the Rocky Mountains before us. And we're thinking, OK, we're heading for them. But then all of a sudden, we turn and start heading south. And we notice we're kind of going away from the mountains. In fact, we're going toward Colorado Springs. And uh, they started protesting a little bit, but I was determined that uh, this lady knew where she was taking us. Well, eventually, she told us to take an exit and routed us into the city of Colorado Springs. Um, I about had a mutiny on my hands, but uh, I determined that, no, we were heading for Bear Creek Trail, and somehow this would get us there. Finally, we pulled into a subdivision, and she announced that we had arrived at our destination. Sure enough, I looked up at the street sign, and it said, Bear Creek Trail. <laughs> there was no bear in sight, not even a creek, and I knew that uh, Ms. Google had let me down. And uh, I also believed that nobody in the car was going to be wanting to take a hike down that street in the subdivision. So we made our way back out to the freeway and uh, tried again and finally made it to our destination. Well, the Bible speaks of a trail. It calls it a path a lot of times. In fact, Jesus talked about the straight and narrow path. And that's the path that he wants us to be on where we will have abundant living. Not the uh, problems and heartaches that we would find on a trail that veered away from God's path. Sadly, I believe that most of us, probably all of us, uh, have gotten off his path different times. Maybe some of us are off of it even tonight. And what I want to do is, in the few minutes that we have here, is share yet another proverb in our last, uh, in the series of Wise Up, from the book of Proverbs, probably the most famous proverb of all, uh, from Proverbs chapter 3. And I want us not only to hear it tonight, I want us to read it together. Actually, I want us to memorize it. And so I wonder how many of you know this verse. How many of you know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 by memory? I won't ask you to quote it. Several of you do. I hope by the end of the evening, or at least in the next several days, you will memorize this verse. And so what I want to do is pull it up here. And by the way, a great way to memorize a verse is to give it a topic. You can memorize any verse you want, but give it a topic. I just happened to give this one the topic, God's Path. You can sign it any topic you want that helps you remember it. And you always state the topic, then the verse, then the reference, and uh, you'll remember it. It'll be filed in your mind. So let's say this together, okay? Go. God's path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart 
and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Now I want to take that verse apart and see how we can either stay on his path or get on his path, because there's some really key truths in this verse. First of all, trust in the Lord. Let's bring uh, the next one up. Trust in the Lord with, let's say that together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. What does that mean? Trust means rely. I mean, completely depend on what God says. Trust in the Lord. Well, how do we know what he wants us to do? In, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapters 5 through 7, Jesus spoke all these powerful truths that we are to live by. And then he gave that story at the end about one person who built his house upon the rock. And uh, he said, everyone who hears my words and obeys them is the person who built his house on the rock. And the storms of life come, but it stands because it was built upon the rock. But he said, the foolish person is like the one who hears my words and builds his house on the what? On the sand. And when the storms of life come, I mean, that house crashes because it has no foundation. And so he said, those who hear and obey his word are building on the rock. That is trusting what Jesus says. And in fact, not just what Jesus says in the Gospels, but all of Scripture, because he's the author of all of Scripture, Old and New Testament. So when we read it, understand it, and obeying it, we're on his path. We're building our lives on the rock. And so this will affect everything we do. Our relationship to God. Our faith in Christ, which sets us free and makes us know we're children of God now. We are absolutely forgiven. We have a purpose in life. We're bound for heaven, but we have a purpose right here and now. And the way that we live, the way that we conduct ourselves in our marriages, in our families, in our workplace, at school, wherever, we are to live as Jesus directs us to live. Loving, forgiving, caring, giving. That's the kind of life that he calls us to live. And so the word, as we're in it and reflecting upon it, keeps us in the path rather than depending upon our own understanding. It even informs us in areas that are hot topics and controversial in our culture today. And we wonder, how do I think? How should I think about this? Well, the Word of God, in so many ways, either directly or indirectly informs us through the principles that set, are set forth in the Word of God. So he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Look at this. Let's, let's say this last part together. And do not lean on your own understanding. Let me ask you a question tonight. How much wisdom collectively, there's about 7 billion people in the world today, and you know, knowledge has increased exponentially over the last many years. The Bible said that would happen, by the way, in Daniel. But knowledge has increased. So let's take the wisdom that all people together in the world, 7 billion people have, and put it all together. How much knowledge is there outside of that collective knowledge? What percent of all knowledge that could be known 
does mankind collectively possess? What percentage? Any ideas? It's hard to know, right? We don't know that. Okay, that's outside of our knowledge. But, I mean, maybe we could say 10%. That might be generous. But, 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 but let's say 10%. Let's be generous. Now, out of that 10% of all that could be known, that is known by 7 billion people, what percent of that do you know? It gets a little small, doesn't it? I mean, when you think about what everybody knows and what, what's my part here. Wow. So, is it possible that outside of our little percentage, infinitesimal percentage, that there's some things we don't know that we need God's wisdom in and direction in? Well, we get it from His Word, for one thing, and then from His Spirit, which indwells every believer. The Bible says when we open our hearts to Christ, he comes to live within our hearts. And so now we have the word which we're reflecting on. But as we go through our days, the Holy Spirit directs us and prompts us and convicts us. In fact, when it comes to the word, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says that all scripture is God-breathed or inspired and, and given to for the purpose of teaching, reproof, correction and training in righteousness. It does all those things for us. But when we're going through our days, sometimes we don't go through with an open Bible, but we have the Holy Spirit who reminds us of things, prompts us, maybe convicts us. Shouldn't go that direction. You should stay on the path here. Last night at the conference, Philip Yancey was speaking on prayer and uh, He's so authentic, and uh, he says, you know, I don't see a lot of miracles, and so I, when I was doing this book on prayer, I was asking people, do you see a lot of, do you see a lot of miracles? And he said, a lot of people were saying, no, I, I really don't, and they said, well, you need to go, he lived in Chicago at the time, he said, you, you need, they said, you need to go talk to Bud, he, he's probably seen a lot of miracles. Well, Bud is a Christian in downtown Chicago, he buys these old buildings and gets them for a song. And then he renovates them, and then he makes them into hotels for the homeless. And he hires the homeless to run the hotel and do all these things. And so uh, he went to see Bud, and they said, oh, by the way, Bud, uh, before he even begins to renovate, he goes in there, he fasts for a couple days, and he prays and just asks God to make this something that will really bless people. And so he, he really is a person of prayer. So he said, I went to see Bud, and I asked him, so do you see any miracles? And Bud said, oh, I see them all the time. And uh, Philip Yancey, who's a journalist, he says, well, I'm a little cynical, but you know, um, tell me about one of them. And Bud said, well, yeah, okay. Uh, it was about a year or so ago when uh, I was sandblasting uh, one of these buildings down here. And if you don't know what sandblasting is, it's kind of like power washing, only it's with sand. Okay, it shoots sand on to take the outer coat of those buildings off. And he said, I was doing that, and uh, the motor was defective. And uh, I had on, you've got to have like, it's almost a diver's helmet. And uh, the motor was defective. It was putting out carbon monoxide that was getting up into this helmet. So eventually, Bud says, I just collapsed. Didn't know what happened, but I, was, I collapsed. 
Meanwhile, a good friend of mine, Bud said, was down in southern Illinois. Chicago's up here, and uh, he was way down here. But this guy was heading for Missouri, from, for St. Louis, Missouri. It'd be to the west. I think I've got that right, if reverse it there. And so, but this guy, who was a good friend of Bud's, had this sense. God's saying, Bud needs your help. Bud needs your help. He kept trying to call him. But he wanted to go home to St. Louis, so he, instead of driving north to Chicago, he's driving west towards St. Louis. And there were turnoff points where he could have headed back up to Chicago, but he kept saying, no, I don't think so. You know, I'm not going to drive. That's five hours away. And so he missed one. He missed another one. But he kept getting these promptings, sense from the Holy Spirit, Bud needs your help. He finally gets to St. Louis, takes the cutoff, and drives five hours up to Chicago. And he asks, where's Bud? Has anybody seen Bud? And they said, no, he's probably working on one of those buildings down there. This guy goes down there. And he finds Bud laying there, now unconscious. It's been many hours. Picks him up, takes him to the hospital, and uh, his life is saved. So Yancey's saying, wow, that's amazing. And then Yancey says this. He says, well, why didn't God tell somebody that was five minutes away to go help Bud? Or why didn't he get somebody that was five blocks away? to help you, bud. And he says, well, maybe he did. But maybe they weren't listening. I thought, wow, that's an interesting point. I don't know about you, but I think I miss a lot of the promptings of God. And some of them, I'm not really all that interested in hearing them. If I have a plan or a direction that doesn't kind of correspond with that. And so what we need to do, I believe, is realize God, God's speaking to us. He speaks to us through his word. We need to trust his word and make a commitment that I'm going to go your way no matter what. And then we need to trust that inner voice. And, and folks, this is not something weird. I mean, it's not some audible voice in all probability, but it's just that sense from the Lord that he's saying, you know, there's a person that needs your help. This person needs some encouragement. This is a person that maybe society is marginalized or, or this is something that you could do uh, in terms of ministering to someone in your family or in this church or in this community or this is something you shouldn't do and the Holy Spirit. And so we need to become more attuned to the promptings of the Holy Spirit as we have uh, been in the Word. Now the thing is that prompting will always align with the character and uh, with the character of God and with the word of God. If it's something weird or opposed to God's word, that's not the Lord, okay? It'll always align with the character and with the word of God. Let me share with you uh, uh, on that verse when it says, well, let's go to the next one, in fact. Let's start, what's the next slide say? This will be interesting. Okay, let's say this together. God's path, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Now let's move on to the next verse, verse 6. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. In the New Living Bible, it says he will show you which path to take. 
I'll tell you what, folks, like Liz said, er, said earlier, we need wisdom in the decisions that we make daily. And so if we're looking to him, we acknowledge him when we pray and just ask for his guidance. Instead of just doing our own thing, because we've been here so many times before, saying, God, I need to know. And we should start every day asking for his guidance. When we have trials in our lives, a lot of times then we'll look to God for guidance. But we should. When there's victories in our lives, when we're doing well, we need to acknowledge the Lord and thank him for that and look to him as well. I mean, every day we pray before meals. That's acknowledging him, that he's provided that. We need to be people who are just praying and talking to the Lord and acknowledging him through our days. So, you know, I got this app on my phone now called Waze, W-A-Z-E. And it's a good one. And uh, she has a nice voice too. And she will tell me things like, watch out, uh, there's uh, traffic up ahead, there's potholes, there's a stalled vehicle on the side of the road. Well, when we are in God's Word and we're responding to the Spirit of God, He'll warn us of things coming up as well, but He'll also make our paths straight. How many of you have been on the road to Hana? That's beautiful, isn't it? It's scenic, but you wouldn't want that to be your daily commute. And we want to be on the straight and narrow when it comes to following God but sometimes we're attracted by scenery. Well, Scripture says in Proverbs 16:3, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans will succeed. In other words, acknowledge Him in whatever you do. But then it also says this in Proverbs 16:9: The mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. It's good to have a plan. For your day or for your week, that's great, but we need to be sensitive to redirection. You know how she'll say, when you miss the turn because we've been distracted or I've been talking, she doesn't chew me out or scold me or say, what are you doing going that direction? Recalculating. Well, that's what God does for us. And so when we want to get back on his path, We need to listen to his voice, his word, and his spirit's guidance. And he'll help us recalibrate and get on the path. Now, here's the thing. When you get off the beaten path when you're following Ms. Google or Mr. Google, if you use his voice, um, you don't have to tell Google where you're at, right? It knows. That's GPS. You just tell it where you want to go. And it'll calculate from there. Well, I think the real positioning, GPS, is God's positioning system. So what we need to do is say, Lord, you know exactly where I'm at. You know how I've gotten off the path in my thought life, in my anger, my unforgiveness, in this area of my life. God, you know where I'm at exactly, and here's where I really want to go. And if we'll make that commitment... He'll tell us how to recalculate and where we should go. But it all comes down to trusting Him, acknowledging Him, and leaning not on our own understanding, but on His. So let's conclude with this verse once again. Uh, And let's say it 
as a prayer to the Lord if we can. Okay? Go. God's path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's my prayer that you'll go ahead and memorize those verses if you haven't already and other verses too in God's word because then the Holy Spirit can bring them up to us in our hearts and guide us through our days. But even more than that, it's my prayer that you and I will seriously give ourselves to trusting him and to following him because he'll be honored and glorified and we'll be blessed and others will be blessed as we get on that straight and narrow path for the Lord. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, you're so kind. You're so forgiving and merciful that even when we stray, you invite us back onto the path and continue to love us, forgive us, and embrace us. And I pray tonight that any of us who maybe have drifted will hear your voice through your word and through your spirit and be encouraged to commit ourselves back to the road that you've given before us. Help us to encourage one another in this, Lord. And I pray this in your name. Amen.